want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will be discussing how to calculate intrinsic value. The tool we'll be using is discounted cash flow analysis. This is the fourth and final podcast in our recent podcast series on DCF. Listen to the rest of the series with episode 23, Discount Rates, episode 25, Long-Term Growth Rate Assumptions, and episode 26, Owner's Earnings. I'll have links to these episodes available in the show notes. Before I get started, I want to make a short request. If you gain value from today's content, please consider becoming a patron of the podcast. I produce this show as free educational content without advertising because I believe your time is valuable and advertising distracts from that. Producing this show takes both time and money and your financial support helps me to continue producing great content for you. You can learn more at DIYinvesting.org patron. Patrons receive exclusive access to my private investment research, including a list of the stocks I own and the valuation work that I perform. Thank you for your support. So let's dive right in. How to calculate intrinsic value using discounted cash flows or DCF. A brief outline to begin. What is intrinsic value is how I'll start. And then we'll just have a brief discussion on the time value of money. I'll go over the simplified discounted cash flow formula with a discussion of discount rates, growth rates, and owner's earnings. The full episodes, of course, I mentioned before is 23, 25, and 26. Then I'll have a discussion about the complex discounted cash flow calculations with breaking it down on when to use and when not to use complex discounted cash flow calculations. First, though, we'll begin with intrinsic value. What is intrinsic value? It's always nice to have a definition. And so the definition I have for you today is that intrinsic value is the present value of all future cash flows provided by a business. I'll say that again. It's the present value of all future cash flows provided by a a business. So this, of course, has a few parts. We're talking about present value. So what we care about is what is the value of the business today? even though we understand that a business will continue to exist in the future and provide value over time. So when you receive cash flows from a business, that's not all at once. This is going to be cash flows that you gain over a period of time. And so this illustrates the need for a discounted cash flow analysis because you have to understand that you're going to receive cash in the future and you need to understand what is the cash in the future worth compared to what it's worth today. And you're also taking into account all future cash flows of the business. This is not just the value of the business while you hold it. It is the value of the business from here 
until the business ends. So a lot of times when you discuss cash flow calculations, you might have short time frames or long time frames, but the true intrinsic value of a business is has to take into account all of the cash flows from now until the business closes. Now we don't know when the business closes, so a lot of times you might op might either choose a static time frame of say 30 years or you might choose more of an infinite time frame um, and just have some idea that the business will continue operating along into the future. You just don't know when. So obviously there is uncertainty there, but the idea here is that the intrinsic value is important because if you purchase a stock at a stock price at or below your calculated intrinsic value, then you should expect your return to match or exceed the discount rate that you use in your calculation. That of course assumes that your analysis is accurate. So the first thing to talk about is the time value of money. And when we're talking about intrinsic value, as I said, there's going to be cash flows that you receive over the course of this year, but there's also cash flows that you're going to receive five years in the future, 10 years in the future, or 20 years in the future. And those future cash flows have value, but they might not be equivalent to the va- to the actual cash flow. So if you receive $100 today, is that worth the same to you as re- receiving $100 10 years from now? This is the concept of time value of money, that there is a difference in value for money if it's received today versus received in the future. And that's why you use a discount rate, and discount rate is, again, what we talked about in one of those earlier episodes. But when you're thinking about the intrinsic value, this becomes really important because if $100 is worth $100 today, but $100 received 10 years from now is only worth $60, you need to take that into account because you're talking about all future income from a company, which means that every year into the future, the cash you receive is going to be worth less than what it is today. And that discount rate is going to adjust that over time. And so the discount rate that you choose is very important. When we discussed the discount rates in our podcast, we talked about how they would, that you need to use a single discount rate for all of your calculations. And the reason for that is that choosing a single consistent discount rate allows your intrinsic value calculations to be consistent. This allows you to compare business A to business B. And if you were to use different numbers, then you can't truly compare one intrinsic value to another. So, Let's discuss the simplified discount cash flow formula. When to use it, why, and what these components are. So the simplified discounted cash flow formula has three components. Discount rates, growth rates, and owner's earnings. This is why I covered each of those three topics individually in their own podcast episode so that you would have a background to understanding the sorts of numbers that you would want to use in this formula. The formula will begin with, and then I'll discuss again each in turn and how those make up and can affect the formula. So the net present value formula is very simple. You have those three terms. So the first term that you use is you're going to have the owner's earnings, and you're going to divide that by the discount rate minus the growth rate of the company. So... This is really important, though, because this 
impacts a few things. So again, you have your owner's earnings on top, and that's easily understandable in the numerator. But in the denominator, you have two components. Because you have both discount rate and growth rate, these are tied very intricately together. And there are some maybe intuitive, maybe non-intuitive effects of that. So because you're subtracting the growth rate from the discount rate, these assumptions in discount rate and growth rates have a massive influence in your resulting value. And what this formula is doing is it's saying, what is your growth rate over basically an infinite time horizon? And what is your discount rate over an infinite time horizon? And because we don't know at what point these companies are, and so because we don't know at a point these companies are going to end, as I said earlier, it's you can use this sort of infinite time horizon in certain situations. But the important thing is to understand these need to be companies that you expect to exist for a long time and your assumed growth rates need to take that into account. And as I discussed in the growth rate episode, you really need to make sure you're not using too high of a growth rate because that will have be one unrealistic. You're not going to be able to grow a company for a hundred years at 10%. So if you assume a 10% growth rate, you're going to be wrong. Your intrinsic value is going to be abnormally high and unrealistic. You're also not going to be able to grow a company at you know, a 7 or 8% growth rate if that's faster than the economy because eventually over long periods of time, you're basically assuming that the company will become the entire economy. That's also not realistic. So this is important because when you look at the fact that you are subtracting your growth rate from a discount rate, and that's in the denominator of your calculation, if the growth rate equals or exceeds the discount rate, the value of your company in this calculation is basically going to be seen as infinite. It means that if you make your growth rate high enough, you can basically justify paying any price for the company because you're assuming that your growth rate is exceeding your discount rate. Now, this can occur for short periods of time. It's quite possible, again, because we're talking about using like a 10% discount rate, it's possible for your growth rate to exceed 10% for a long period of time. This can occur for 10, 15, 20 years or longer, depending upon at what point in the growth cycle of a company you are. However, this simplified formula does not work for that type of growth rate because what it would do is you're eventually going to get so close to zero on the denominator that your new that your calculated intrinsic value is going to go to infinity. And so you have to be very careful about the growth rate that you assume. Which is why I spent whole podcast episode discussing growth rates and discount rates. So again, we have a discount rate of 10% nominal or a 6.5% real discount rate, uh, which is assuming a basically a 3.5% inflation rate over a period of time. This matches the historic U.S. inflation rate. If you want to learn more, check out episode 23. The growth rates that I'm assuming are bounded basically between 0% and 5%. I do have a discussion in my growth rate episode, episode 25, about why you shouldn't use negative numbers in this formula, which is basically that if companies are growing smaller over time, they are likely to accelerate, and so a single number is not really applicable. So this would be where a complex discounted cash flow calculation would be important to use. And so we finally have 
owner's earnings, which is basically a manual calculation. You're not going to be able to use a percentage. This is a cash flow number that's basically in your present year. So what do you expect the owner's earnings to be in the current year or the last 12 months? Or if the last 12 months aren't representative, maybe take a five or 10 year average of the previous twin, you know, five to 10 years and say, okay, that's my representative owner's earnings because maybe this year is abnormally high or this year is abnormally low or there's some sort of accounting metric that's making this not clear like a goodwill impairment. But basically your owner's earnings number needs to be representative of the earnings power of the business. If this number is wrong, your intrinsic value is going to be drastically off. So the important thing to remember when you're using a formula to calculate intrinsic value is that garbage in equals garbage out. If your numbers are garbage and they're not accurate, your intrinsic value is going to be wrong. This is, of course, the problem that most people have when they're discussing discounted cash flows. They'll talk about how it's the theoretically right way to calculate intrinsic value, but it's also the practically wrong way because you can get the numbers wrong. And while I find that an interesting argument, if there's a theoretically right way of doing that, then that's the way you should do something. And The practical limitations should just limit you on the types of companies you apply it to. If you cannot, if you're not comfortable with your discount rate, then you shouldn't use your DCF. If you're not comfortable with your growth rate assumptions, you shouldn't use a DCF. And if you're not comfortable with the owner's earnings calculation, you shouldn't use a DCF. I'm harping on this because while intrinsic value calculations And determining the intrinsic value of a business is the number one most important thing that you need to know how to do as a value investor. It is also incredibly easy to screw up. And it's incredibly easy to get the wrong answer if you're using wrong assumptions. So you must check your assumptions. You must understand the discount rates that you're using, and those discount rates should match your required rate of return. You must understand your growth rates that you're using, and those growth rates need to be calibrated against management's expectations, which is what I cover in episode 25. And your owner's earnings have to be representative of what the business is actually performing. Single years can cause a problem, so I highly encourage you to average out multiple years to get some sort of understanding of the cyclicality of a business, which is a nice headway into you should not be using this on companies that have highly cyclical business models. If a company goes from earnings, positive earnings to negative earnings, positive earnings, negative earnings, you should not be using a simplified discounted cash flow model to value that company. You probably shouldn't be valuing that company anyway, but if you do, you'd need to use the complex model. So, This is very simple. I'll give a brief example on how this discounted cash flow formula works. So the first way to do that is to say, okay, let's assume an owner's earning number. And so we'll say the current owner's earnings for the company we're looking at is a million dollars. So they're earning a million dollars per year in owner's earnings. Our discount rate is very simple. We're going to use our 10% nominal discount rate and say that you have a million dollars in your numerator and then 10 percent discount rate on the bottom now we have to subtract the growth rate and we're going to say the growth rate is zero percent this is not a growing business this is a business that is very static we don't expect it to grow over time but we do expect them to be able to earn a million dollars every year into the future 
approximately a million dollars. It might fluctuate up and down, but basically they're not growing. So what is this company worth? If you look at the formula, you have a million dollars in the numerator, 10% in the bottom, subtracted by 0%. So you have a million dollars divided by 10% or 0.1. What this means is that your result is the intrinsic value of the business is $10 million. If you paid $10 million per day, today, you would expect a 10% return on your investment, and this would match your discount rate. And so if you spend $10 million or less to buy a company that's providing you with a million dollars in profit every year forever, then you should be able to earn at least a 10% return. So that's the basic understanding of how this simplified discounted cash flow formula works. It's the formula that I like to use in as many situations as possible, but it's only able to be used in certain situations. But I like it because it's simple. It means that you have to be very explicit about your growth rate, you have to be explicit about your discount rate, and you have to be explicit about your owner's earnings. And it allows you, if you're making conservative assumptions on businesses that are going to be around for long periods of time, you can make some very quick and simple discounted cash flow calculations to determine your intrinsic value. So, this brings us to the complex discounted cash flow calculations. What is a complex discounted cash flow calculation? This is basically using, you would need to use something like a spreadsheet, uh, maybe whether that be Excel or um, Google Spreadsheets or something along those lines where you're able to go year by year and say, what do I think company is earning in year zero, which would be, let's say, 2019. What do I think the company is going to earn in 2019? What do I think the company is going to earn in 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25? And you write down year by year exactly what you think a company is going to return. And then you will then take each individual year and perform this calculation based on discounting it back to the future. And it's going to use a slightly different formula. And really what you're doing is for each year, you're taking the owner's earnings and dividing it by one plus the interest, the discount rate. So for this case, we have 10%. So it's going to be one plus 0.1. So 1.1. And that's going to be raised to the power of the number of periods between the present and the future. So if you're talking four or five years in the future, then you're going to have five in the um exponent and so you're going to have maybe a million dollars divided by 1.1 to the fifth exponent and that's how you would calculate for year five what the present value is of year five and then you have to go year by year and add up year one year two year three year four year five year six all the way into the duration of number of years that you plan to look at now this is more complicated and it's also more of a problem to use because what you end up doing is instead of having three key assumptions, you have a lot of assumptions. You're going to be assuming individual growth rates for each year, and that opens you up to more avenues for error. But it also offers you the opportunity to, to do a discounted cash flow calculation and calculate intrinsic value for companies that don't have a nice single easy growth rate. So why would we do this if a lot of the popular wisdom is that these complex discounted cash flow calculations and even my own statement is that these are harder to use and open you up to more problems? Well, there's definitely some areas where they are wanted, 
where you might want to use that. And the first is if a company is in a high growth phase of its business. So it's not yet saturated in the market, it's still growing rapidly, and it's growing at a rate that much exceeds a long-term growth rate. So as we said earlier, our long-term growth rates are bounded between somewhere in the 0 to 5% range. Well, if a company is growing at 8%, and you think it might grow at 8% for the next 10 years, and then after that, it will have a long-term growth rate of 4%, this is when you would come into more of a complex discounted cash flow calculation. You say, okay, well, yes, I can't grow at 8% forever, but I'm pretty confident I can grow at 8% for the next 10 years for reasons X, Y, and Z. Or if you have a company that's growing even faster than that, you know, say a company like Amazon or Facebook and they're growing at 20 or 25% and you think, hey, for the next five years, I'm going to grow at 20%. Well, if you were to use the simplified discounted cash flow calculation, your intrinsic value number is going to be way too low for a company that's growing at rates of 20%, even if only for a short period of time. And so you would use a complex discounted cash flow when the company is in a very high growth rate phase of its business, and that growth rate exceeds the long-term growth rates you would expect for the same business. So when else would you use it? This is when you are highly confident in the short-term projections. So not only would the company need to be in a higher growth phase, but you need to be highly confident that your short-term projections are accurate and that the business is predictable. This is not true for all businesses. There are a lot of businesses where you cannot do these cash flow calculations and be accurate because the business is not predictable or your short-term projections are unable to be accurate. And so that's very important to understand that you need to be confident in these because as we said, garbage in is garbage out. And if you have garbage assumptions, your result is going to be garbage. It doesn't matter if your intrinsic value is higher than the stock price in your DCF, if your DCF assumptions are wrong, because it means your intrinsic value is wrong. And it means that you won't make the money you expect to because you've done something wrong in the analysis. So you need to get your assumptions right. And complex calculations are harder to do for that. The other time where you might consider using it is if reported earnings have a lot of temporary adjustments and it makes the next few years not match the long term. If there's something temporary that's affecting the business and you know it to be temporary and that let's say you expect earnings to drop by 10% this year and 10% the next year, but after that they're going to level out and then grow Again, and it's just a temporary drop in earnings, whether due to recession or um, some sort of media scandal, and it's not real, it's not really the core business that's been affected. Then a complex calculation can work for you because it can sh- you it allows you to say, okay, well, this year earnings are going to be down, the next year earnings are going to be down, but by year three they're going to start to grow again. And in that case, you can then use a longer term, simplified growth model for the future, but you're going to wait for the next few years because you know earnings are going to be down. What that allows you to do is it allows you to even out the volatility of the short-term downswing. And as long as you're right about that and that it's just temporary, you'll be able to maybe capture a higher intrinsic value than what the market believes a business is worth because they might say, oh, this company's down 10% in earnings and it's going to be down 10% in earnings forever. And 
a growing business that doesn't start growing till year three and a business that declines forever have two highly different intrinsic values. So that's where you might want to use a discounted cash flow calculation. So when would you not want to use it? The basic answer is almost always. If you're using a complex spreadsheet to do a DCF, then you're highly complicating your analysis and you're opening yourself up to mistakes. And as an investor, you need to do everything you can to limit your mistakes. So why is this? And it's because complex calculations can trick you into thinking you have a better understanding of the business than you do. If you're needing to use a complex calculation, you need to assume growth rates for many years. You need to assume temporary fluctuations and you need to understand all sorts of things about the business, tax rates, um, and how the competitive pressures are going to be over the short term instead of just focusing on what is a long-term steady outcome for this business expected to be. You know, if you assume a growth rate, a long-term growth rate of 3% for a business, and the next year it goes 2%, and the year after it goes 5%, and the year after that it goes 1%, but you're averaging a 3% return, that's going to work out fine. But if you do a complex analysis that's saying, okay, I expect 10% growth this year, and it's actually 5%, well, if you were going to compound that 10% with another 10%, you can really mess yourself up very quickly because you're assuming high confidence in short-term markets. And it's much easier in the world of investing for the types of companies that I recommend looking at, these are high quality companies, to project long-term low growth rates than it is to understand short-term changes in the market. At least that's how I look at it. And what you'll find is that if you're doing these complex discounted cash flow calculations, you're most likely heavily relying on growth and fast growth assumptions can be very risky to make. The nice thing about focusing on a business's current earnings and dedicating a majority of the intrinsic value to a business based upon what it's currently doing is you don't have to make a prediction other than to say that things are going to stay status quo. Now, some people would say that status quo is a major prediction, but a lot of times, especially in certain businesses, status quo is normal. It's something that's going to stay for long periods of time and change might be very slow versus growth is betting on the future and it's trying to predict the future and while we shouldn't discount the fact that growth occurs and that when you have a business you have hundreds thousands tens of thousands or potentially millions of people working at that business every day trying to find ways to make you more money that doesn't always result in growth and so growth needs to be seen as a risky proposition to bet on and so The problem and the potential downside for discounted cash flow calculation, especially the complex ones, is that you might heavily rely on growth as a significant proportion of your intrinsic value. And so I just caution you, if you see that you're trying to use a discounted cash flow calculation that's in the complex form and using a spreadsheet versus something that you can do on a piece of paper with pen and paper and use the discounted, simple discounted cash flow formula that I covered at the beginning. So I hope you've enjoyed this series where I have discussed intrinsic value. Calculating intrinsic value is the most important thing that you can do as a value investor because if you don't understand what a business is worth, then you should not be buying shares of that business. 
So the, remember, reminder that the other episodes in the series will have links in the show notes. That's episode 23 on discounts rates, episode 25 on growth rates, and episode 26 on owner's earnings. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 27. And a final reminder that this is a listener-supported podcast. If you gain value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash patron. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investment content without any advertisements. And again, patrons will get access to my own intrinsic value calculations. You'll be able to see the companies that I am valuing and the values I am placing on them, and also the methodology that I am using. If you believe that will help you learn and become a better investor, consider becoming a patron to get access to that exclusive investment content. Until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.